0: It's another week, it's Friends Friday, Pastor Nick and Pastor Jeremy, and we're getting started, and Pastor Jeremy's just laughing to himself right now, and I don't know why, so I feel very uncomfortable doing this intro.
1: I'm in a good mood, I'm just in a good mood, I'm excited to be here, another week, another fun, fun, fun experience, and, uh, to grow together, it's fun. <laughs> and something, <laughs> something's,
0: happened, something's happened last week with the snow, and we were recording on different days and stuff, and the Zoom audio literally just would not finish processing, downloading until Monday. Friday we were weekend late, but with this Friday, now you will have two in one week. That is a double dosage of Nick and Jeremy, and no one has ever denied that that is a great thing. Mm. So you guys are lucky. Right. This week, right, Jeremy?
1: Yep, they are lucky. Yes.
0: All right, I'm going to catch you off guard here. Are you ready? No. What did we talk about
1: last week? Uh, we talked about we talked about how God loves us. How and God we, loves we thought, us. Now, Nick, I guess you did catch me off guard, but uh, thankfully, we are going to kind of use a similar thing this week in terms of of what we talked about last week and kind of flip-flop some things around so we talked about three main types of love fatherly love sacrificial love and unconditional love and honestly i feel like we will be kind of briefly going over those as as we we talk through what we're talking about today because we are just kind of flip-flopping through some things so
0: absolutely and we'd set the truth from the start about if we need to begin to understand love the bible says that God is love. Jesus is love. So to begin to understand love of any kind, first, we had to understand their love. Yep. And it starts to be exemplified throughout the Bible with how they interacted with people, their people, and God revealing himself through the Bible. So if we're going to begin to understand any type of love towards God, God to us, to other people, to loving ourselves, it all starts with understanding God's love. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we as humans will never obtain that. That's not, it's not ever going to be in our nature to be able to love exactly how God did. But he sort of set the parameters for us to try to obtain it. Goals and measures in the fatherly love, sacrificial love, and unconditional love that we talked about.
1: Mm. You ready? Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm all for it. it. Let's
0: go. Mm. Last week we opened up talking about fatherly love and just real quick for our listeners. Could you kind of recap
1: the fatherly love piece? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, fatherly love is really understanding this uh, this relationship that really God has with himself, honestly, through through Jesus and the father and and this kind of uh, relationship that Jesus displayed when he was on earth for his three years of ministry, uh, he really um, had a, a deep personal relationship with his father. He prayed with him and, uh, uh, and and things like that. So so in this kind of same way, um, God loves us in this personal, in this in this deep, very relational kind of love and and it is something that is not to be just one-sided right but it's something that that we can kind of do this together and he initiates this love and it's this very deep and and impersonal relationship really as as best exemplified the way a father loves his son Um, you know human father loves his his son so it it, it's just this deep connection and uh, unconditional love And I don't know if I
0: said it, but just to clarify, we are talking this week about how we love God. I can't remember if we even said that. We were just excited to go right in. So we want to flip each of them back this week. Instead of coming up with three new types of love for how we love God, it's going to be how us and God work in all of these three types of love. So just as Jeremy had said with the fatherly love, it was the relationship with his son that we want to start to imitate what would you say is one way we could begin to do this
1: um well you know what? first of all i think really quickly uh, before i get into that just to uh, emphasize is that he really <laughs> he really sets the standard for how we love uh he this love that we will be describing uh he is the best teacher on how we display this love we're never going to be able to reach the kind of love that he displays to us, this this perfect love that he has. But as we are going through these topics, uh, we just get to understand and, and learn really from Jesus how he loved us, and then how we can all then show this love. So uh, the first thing that we'll be talking about, um, with, I can't even remember if you brought it up was relationship. Did you mention that? Relationship. No. I, okay. No. So that's first, what I wanted. Kind of that's up, the right answer. Okay, there you go. So the kind of opposite of this is fatherly love. When we think about fatherly love, we, we think about how we can love God now through relationship. And there's three ways mm-hmm. we can do that, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, go ahead. and I think real quick, we sort of, I think we've been using the wrong word here. It's not opposite, it's how we correlate. Yes,
1: yeah. I, I
0: would I would say that. So it's not that we're opposite, but it's how do we go hand in hand with God in each of these three is a mutually beneficial thing yeah as jeremy it said relationship so the fatherly love for us is a relational love with god and yeah. and so you can you yeah condol-
1: so uh, we'll just we'll touch on the first point now it's 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 really uh when we are starting a relationship with someone okay so here we are talking about our relationship with god we are oh, i apologize for that uh okay but um we are talking about getting to know somebody. That is how you start a relationship with someone. So it's really this time to know, this time to understand more about who God is. That is really how we are able to love him best. The way we love somebody is to get to know them, to spend time with them, to understand who they are. um, and, And, you know, just, yeah. And obviously that comes into play in multiple ways that we are able to uh, learn more about God. I mean, the the biggest, most obvious is the Bible. That is how we are able to know who God is. What is scripture? Talk about him. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Yep. Time to know, getting to know him and in his word, that's how God reveals who he is. A lot of times I find As people grow closer to God, it starts to make more sense. You start to understand him more. Things start to make more sense. It starts to become easier to grow with him. It's easier to know him in a sense, like what we're talking about here. Just the relationship side of things becomes easier as you get to know him, just like it is with any person. When you're kind of meeting them, even for the first time, it's a little bit different. But as you start to know each other more, you start to get more and more inside jokes. You start to make more and more memories that make it easier. And what we'll be talking about is even then when hard times come, you have these memories and these good times to sort of go off of, of, wait, we already have our foundation built. Now we can grow off of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that word that you've been using is you said it a couple of times, but reveal uh, just how God reveals himself to us. I mean it's it's there for us to to know him deeper because the only reason that is possible is because he reveals that to us and, and that's in his scripture and stuff. And so then we can where I think you really segued into it is then we can learn how to grow with him also and and, and grow into this relationship. Go ahead.
0: And it and it becoming just all about a process. Mm-hmm. I know we've been using that word, of this process of. Of getting to know him and growing with him you can't just come to jesus and then all of a sudden know everything about him you're always going to continually know stuff you can't ever stop learning new things about him and that's what's awesome for us in our relationship with him is that there's never a time where this time to know him ends Mm -hmm. it's something that we can do forever and still never even begin to fully comprehend who he is and what all he can do yeah yeah absolutely So moving on from time to know, we had a time to grow as well. So we have time to know, and now we have time to grow in this relationship. And when, when Jeremy and I were talking beforehand, this came, when you think of any other regular relationship, a lot of the growth happens after some anger, some frustration. You're upset with them, and then you work it through. And that's where you start to see a lot of the healthy growth. You start to doubt. You could wrestle with God. That's that's expected. And even when you look at the 12 disciples, they doubted. They weren't sure. They didn't know all the time. Like, man, who is this? Like, can he really do this? But it took that time of wrestling and working it through in your own walk with God, where then you're like, wait a minute. He is who he is said he is and when you get to the other side of it you're like this dude is real
1: yeah yeah i think um one thing that i just read recently was about solitude and silence and and really how that is uh when we are growing in this relationship with god and really understanding how to love him i think a big part for christian is learning how to be in solitude, because I think a lot of a lot of times we have we have a lot of distractions in our life. We have a lot of things that try to pull our attention away from God, and sometimes we intentionally do that because there is this like uh, uh, um, restlessness in our soul. That because sometimes we feel this, I, I think as humans we are all capable of feeling loneliness or emptiness, even. If we have a girlfriend or a, a wife or a husband, boyfriend, or whatever. But these, uh, this this restlessness in our soul is is something that we don't like. And so we try many different distractions with it. But as I as I read this, it just emphasized this importance of solitude, because that is when you give time for yourself to just breathe and to let your soul cry out first and foremost, because the only way that you can uh, really know and understand and hear from the voice of God is by first allowing your soul to kind of cry out, I guess, right? Those feelings, even that was we just tossed that anger or that frustration or those questions and that doubt and that worry If we do not give space for those things to rise to the surface of our soul, of our heart, of our mind, then we are really, uh, we are are stunting our own growth in relationship with Jesus because these things are holding us back. And so when we give space for silence or solitude and pray to the Lord, we first give space for those questions to rise. And then that is like the ticket for God to be able to enter into us and to help us and grow. And so when we are wrestling with these hard things, that is how we are learning to love God because we are giving him the opportunity to help us along through that. And we are growing in a relationship with him and it's all centered on love. It's all centered on learning how to love God best. And so I just think, um, I think as Christians, practicing silence or solitude to give space for the Lord to speak, to give space for our soul to cry out is essential. It's not just important. It's not something we should do. But I truly believe it is essential for our growth in relationship with God.
0: I was just going to let them sit and bask in that for a little second there. Yeah, Let them sort of catch up. Yeah. So we have time to know, time to grow. And I think the last part of relationship would be, I know we, we kind of went for some rhyming words here, so we'll time to show. And in that with the relationship, we were talking about even just taking pride in. When you're in a healthy relationship, well, I guess even maybe a toxic relationship, I don't know, you want to show it off. Yeah. Social media, heck feel like some people even just get relationships just to have one to show off. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you always see them taking pride in it. It's something they care about. They want to tell people about it because it makes them happy. And even when it doesn't, you still get the happy post because you need people to think you're happy.
1: Yeah.
0: So taking this time to sort of show the pride in this relationship that you, that it, that it, you take in it and allow it to sort of work itself through your life. And so others start to see it, whether you're posting privately about it or publicly about it, or just living privately about it.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think of the word unashamed. Uh, One of my, honestly, the thing is that saved me. Romans 1 16. Yeah. No, The honestly though, The thing that's really saved me from getting into trouble, I feel like, was Christian rap music, and there was this group, they call themselves the 116 Click, and uh, it was, their whole motto was being unashamed of the gospel, so just really quickly, Romans 116 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, really saying that um, this is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone you know, not just a specific group. And so uh, it, for me, it, it does think, because I think we take a lot of pride and we are not ashamed of our sports teams, our relationships, certain things that we own, we take a lot of pride in these things. And we're not afraid to show them off. We're not afraid to, to brag about these things, but it's time that we start being unashamed about Jesus. And it's time that we start showing off the name of Jesus to people. And that is the last step in this relationship. As we spend time with him, as we grow with him, we got to show him then. We got to show other people who this is. And, and that's the way we love him is, is through action. Uh, we gotta we gotta prove our love to him, so to speak. And it's not saying there's there's this uh, uh works thing about it or that we have to do something in order to gain his love. That's not what I'm saying, but I think if we are Christians. And if we truly believe Christ is Lord and Christ is Savior, man, we got to we gotta start living it. And we got to start uh, uh, being unashamed about that and, and wearing it on our sleeve, sh- wearing t-shirts, posting it on social media, sharing it with random people, you know, whatever it is. But that's how we show God's love. I'm sorry, and, not how we show God's love, but how we um, yeah love to God. To go off
0: of that, I think, well, to establish what we're talking about here with showing it off your time to know and your time to grow that's done privately mm. because that's simply between you and God. And obviously you have people who come alongside you to live it with you. So mm-hmm. I'm talking that, but the, like you aren't, you don't need to post your Bible time every single day. Yes, yes, yes. You see, I mean, you see, you're, I don't know about you. You start to see some athletes coming out of like they're asking NFL athletes, how do you get better? Well, I work out and I don't post it. And then not yeah. do anything for like three or four days. I yes, just, I yeah. did my own work, didn't care who saw it. Cause I knew I was going to try to do it better than everyone. And, yeah. but so the taking pride is, is being proud of it.
1: Yes. And You're I think.
0: Prideful of your relationship.
1: Yeah. And I, I think just to let everybody know, we will be talking about how to love others next week. And so there is this. Spoiler. There, yeah, sorry. But there is this, I feel like, hand-in-hand thing in terms of how we love God and how we lo- love others. Uh, but one of them, you know, being that the way we do those things is, is through personal relationship with Jesus. How we love others can happen in relationship with other people. But for today, we really want to emphasize that personal relationship that we have with Jesus, because that's how we love him, is through personal relationship with him. And so it's just so important to do that, and and it, it really happens in our private life, and not posting it everywhere, and not brag. Like, yeah, because you're right. You you, you want to brag about it in the sense of this is who I believe in, but you don't want to brag in it in a sense of like, oh, I prayed for three hours today, and you didn't, ha ha ha, kind of thing, you know. And so, kind of, you that didn't, point, <laughs> right? No, but but uh, I didn't, no, have been I didn't wait for three hours. No, I, I actually didn't, so I didn't, uh, but. Uh no, so yeah, it, it, there is this sense of, you know, this is our pr- personal relationship with Jesus, and some of it is to be private, anyways.
0: So we see the fatherly love correlating with us and our relationship love with God moving in now to the sacrificial love and its corresponding one with us. Sacrificial love. What did we talk about last week? And do it without laughing at the dog analogy that you see in the notes. You're, oh my goodness. All right, Um, so Jeremy's going to take five. I'm going to cover the sacrificial love that we talked about last week. He's literally muted his mic. He is so red right now. He's clapping his hands, laughing. This is crazy. Sacrificial love, we talked about, there's nothing in return. He did this purely out of love. There was nothing in return he was talking about. So now God gave up what he loved most to protect us. Jeremy's going to lose it if I ever even mention the dog analogy, but kids got to experience what Jesus did for them. And apparently that's funny to him. And so we, we continued on into sacrificial love, giving up what you love most, giving up what's standing in the way, even if you're not going to get anything in return. And so the corresponding one that we talked about today is an obedient type of love. Would you agree with this?
1: Jeremy Davis, welcome back. I would Good to they, have you. you know, it's funny because in our notes today, we actually have another <laughs> kind <out> of analogy. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not an animal, though. Okay, it is a. Uh, which I think, from what I've been, as we described, is something you kind of touched on in your sermon this past week. But um, I think it's it says pool analogy. You want to elaborate on what that means, Nick?
0: Yes, it came from this past Sunday when I was preaching we were looking at part of the Sermon on the Mount it was even talking about murder and that whole section going on there and Jesus was talking about how for so long you had heard do not murder and we kind of had this threshold about we haven't murdered so we're okay but really what Jesus came to say he's talking about here is well Basically, if you're angry towards your brother, you've already committed murder. And what he's saying here is we as humans decide if it's a pool of sin, we're in the deep end. We haven't, we haven't murdered, so it's okay. But Jesus is saying, well, even if you you're angry towards your brother, you're in the shallow end of the pool. And anyone who's in this pool is sinful. So he was even then talking about the adultery. Well, we haven't committed adultery. Well, you lusted after them. So it's still a sin in this pool. And I believe Jesus's heart wasn't to condemn us here. It wasn't just your terrible people. It wasn't to beat us down, but it was to raise awareness. So we knew where we were messing up, to let them know the anger and the lust are still sin issues, excuse me, that we need to work through to become obedient in our walk with god so it's our desire to it's his desire for us to not be in the pool and i then i use the analogy if we need to get out of the pool and get to the hot tub of heaven right we want to be at the hot tub now the pool is going to look very refreshing right it's like a hundred degree day you aren't choosing a hot tub but at the end of the day you're going to want a nice hot tub right i don't know i was telling him i don't know when the age switch happens but i would choose a hot tub over a pool now anyway
1: mm-hmm. yeah i would too and i um yeah just to to add on to that uh, Jesus Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could continue sinning. We are not in a relationship with him as an excuse to continue to sin and to one day say oh I'm going to heaven so it's okay that I do this or ah, God's gonna forgive me for this so I'm I'm okay I'm in the that's not that's not the excuse that we are given to to truly love God in this obedient kind of way we are called to, uh to to love him to obey his commands and what he's called us to as a follower of him and the it's funny because this past weekend i was at a bachelor party um for one of my buddies who's getting married and Mm -hmm. the end of the night we ended up in a hot tub uh and this hot tub was obviously outside but if you guys remember uh there is this crazy storm that really happened all over ohio i'm pretty sure And so it was very snowy. Uh, The ground was filled with snow and stuff. And we we made this decision to go into the the hot tub when we were inside the house. And the hot tub was probably about 20 to 30 feet away from the house. And so to get there, we would have to walk on snow um, to get into the hot tub. And it was very cold. I mean, it was definitely probably, I mean, it was around 20, 30 degrees or whatever. It was definitely below freezing. And... We made the decision to leave the house to get into the hot tub. And that journey from the house to the hot tub absolutely sucked. If I'm gonna be honest, those walks, every step I took, it, 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 it wasn't just cold, but it was burning, it was, it was hurting my feet because it was so cold to the point of pain. And when we got to the hot tub though, when I stepped on the steps and got in the hot tub, that pain went away and I was finally able to just relax and enjoy the hot tub. And I I say all this just to bring up the point that our journey to get out of the pool into the hot tub or to get out of the house into the hot tub can be painful at times. And just like Nick said, we're gonna be tempted to to wanna go back inside the warmth or go back into the pool where it's more enjoyable sometimes or whatever. But what we are called to as Christians is to be obedient and stay on the path that God has given us, that God has called us to, that God has created us to be on, so that one day we will get to a place without any more suffering, without any more pain, that we will get to experience the hot tub of heaven, so to speak. But that doesn't mean the journey's not going to be hard. That doesn't mean we're not going to experience suffering. And there's going to be a lot of steps we're going to take where it's going to feel like, it's, like it's, it's burning and it's hurting us. But that is the path to obedience. That is the path to righteousness, as God is calling us to do. And it's not going to be easy all the time. But Jesus' death on the cross was the worst kind of suffering that any person could ever be in. That's the person we follow. That's the king we chose to live for. And so we are, We that it is without a doubt then that we are going to expe- experience hard things in our life. We are called to remain obedient. And one day it's going to be all worth it. I promise you that.
0: And we talked last week, even just that Romans 6 passage with Paul talking about that we don't just continue sinning so grace can abound. And this walk of obedience is is so Jesus didn't die so we could keep swimming in that pool. He died so we could have an easier way out. Yes. And we wouldn't face the punishment for being in that pool, but that we have an easier way to get to the hot tub. So we have access to the Father through Jesus. And that's part of the walk of obedience is doing it, understanding that this sacrifice came at a cost and it was Jesus's life, but it was so we could find eternal life in heaven not just finding life here on earth yes you know but but sort of not desiring that but wanting to pursue jesus more
1: yep and here's 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 a difficult thing about it is that we are we are fleshly beings we are flawed and there's always part of us that is going to desire a different way because we are fallen creatures we are sinful beings. That part of us, um, while we're on this earth, is always going to be a fight, is always going to be a battle that we have to put effort toward. Because if we don't, that flesh is going to win. If we don't, we're going to want to keep going back into that pool. But through the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit inside of us, he is able to give us strength when we are weak. He is able to um, really help us navigate through and combat these fleshly desires or these desires to go another way, and uh, and and I think that is that's I think the biggest difficulty as a Christian is is the very idea that we are always going to wrestle with these things, and I, I don't want to make it sounds like a Debbie Downer or anything, but I mean that's just the reality: is as human beings that we are going to always fight temptation. We are always going to be at war with sin, but thanks be to God that he sent his son, Jesus to help us so that just like we said, he offered a better way. He offered an easier way. And, and, and so, um, but that doesn't mean it's going to be less difficult. It's going to be difficult because there's always this part of us that is always going to want to go astray, but Jesus is calling to bring us back. And it's through his spirit that he helps bring us back.
0: And so then lastly, we last week we talked about the unconditional love, how humans have conditions of we will love you under these circumstances. If you match this criteria, if you do this, I will I will love you. But how God does not have that criteria for us, nothing we can do or could happen could ever separate us from God's love because we are his creation. And so the corresponding one for that is faithful is our faithful love to God. So, Jeremy, yeah. when we're talking faithful, what are we talking about? When we say faithful love.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because I, I kind of, when we were discussing this uh, before we started recording, it, I just got, made this realization that God has always been faithful to us. He is a perfect God. Therefore, he has never been unfaithful to his people. In all of the New Testament, he always remained faithful, no matter how many times he turned against them. He remained faithful. And I think it's a it's a powerful thing because human beings are very evil. And in the Old Testament, if you just read a little bit of the Old Testament and just see how many times the Israelites turned against their God and and how many times God brought them back to him. And, and kind of intervened in that way, it was just, it's just powerful. And then to think that through Jesus, he, he kind of um, exercised this promise and, and completed this promise that he, that he had so long ago um, in, in, in saving humankind from uh, their own destruction. Mm-hmm. And so he was faithful in that way. And even to this day, God remains faithful to all people that choose to follow him. And as I think of, of this kind of faithfulness that God displayed and and really the fact that we're never going to be able to achieve this kind of faithfulness that he's given us. I mean, I, I think it's, first of all, it's difficult because, you know, just the, the idea, if I reflect on my life in the ways that I've been unfaithful to God, and as we are called to love God, how sometimes I have chosen to love other things and, and be faithful to other things. Um, there's also an understanding, you know, though, that, that there's forgiveness for those things. But as we talk about faithfulness in the sense of how we can be faithful to God, it's really this word of, of loyalty being loyal to Him no matter what happens. Because when we are faithful and when we think of what it means to be faithful, it can be really easy to talk about it. But to really display the act of faithfulness, in love. It's to do it in all areas of life, in all circumstances of life. So now when it's easy, now when we're on Sunday mornings worshiping and we're just, you know, letting our hands fly in the air, whatever it may be, but it's in the circumstances when you don't know where your next job is going to come from, or you don't know what's going to happen to your family member that's struggling with sickness, or you don't know what's going to happen to your marriage or when when things are getting hard, in those moments is when faithfulness, when loyalty to our God is most important. Because it's in those moments that we are uncertain of what's going to happen in the future. And in those times, in those difficult times, that's when we learn to trust the Lord. And by trusting him, we continue to follow him. We continue to seek him. We don't seek the things of this world. We don't seek the things that gratify our own, you know, fleshly pleasures, but we continue to seek him even though we don't know what's going to happen. So I think it's just really understanding that in the in the most dire of circumstances, we remain faithful to him and continue to love him.
0: In our pre podcast prep, we didn't have as much notes under faithfulness. And I thought oh, well, we'll be fine. I'll wing it through. And he's like, well, I'll make sure that I at least then get the points that are on paper. So <laughs> if you kind of notice how he had a lot of points there, it's because he literally just read all of them and all the notes we had. <laughs> so he made sure to grab them all because <laughs> he yeah. was worried I would leave them. No. None. <laughs> For faithfulness as well, though. What you were talking about with the highs and lows, it's not blaming God Mm. as well. Beginning to understand it's not always him. We're the ones who created the sin and that separation for our evil desires was created there. So the not blaming God. And I find blame tends to follow not seeking, I guess. When you start to not seek God as much, that's when I think you tend to blame him more. Mm You aren't as close with him, so it's easier to blame him or, or things like that. And that's part of the growth, what we were talking about with the time to grow, the wrestling with and the highs and lows that come with him. And, and on the mountaintops and the valleys, always praising him, that sort of faithfulness. But the unconditional love that God gives us, we return that by knowing that we will love him and we will praise him and we will stay faithful to him through everything that goes, goes against us or with
1: us. Yeah. And I, I really like that you brought up that idea of blaming God, because I, and I think you bring up a good point that it's, we start to blame God when we stop following him or when we stop seeking him. And I think it's interesting because I feel like if we have a listener here, that's kind of in this season of where they're, um, they're struggling because something happened and, and they're, they may be mad at God. And as we even talked about earlier, that 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 time of growth, when we learn to grow with God and grow in God, uh, those are the, the moments where we can really wrestle with some of these things. And so I think it's important when we're in situations like this, when we're mad at God or when we're frustrated at him, we just talk to him about it and we bring those things to him because the worst thing you can do is to separate yourself from him. And, and to try to walk away from him, just uh, I shouldn't even say just because, but because something difficult has happened in life, because let's be real. I mean, these things happen to all people, and it's really hard to deal with some of these things, whether it's a death in the family or, or a divorce or I don't know, just a broken heart, whatever it may be. Some of these things that that happen to us. But when we I I, I don't know, I could go to the Nick, I could go to the point of just say it's OK to blame God but don't walk away from him because you tell him oh, that absolutely. you're blaming him for this. And when you tell him you blame him, that you're blaming him for this, that's when he's going to come alongside you, help you walk through this thing. Even if you don't want him to, that's what it means to be faithful. And that's how he's faithful to us. And we are supposed to reciprocate that faithfulness by even when things happen. And even when we feel so mad at him, God, I'm still going to trust you. Even though I don't understand it, even though I could be upset with you, but I'm called to be faithful to you as you're faithful to me. So I'm going to continue to follow you and walk with you.
0: Yes. And I should clarify too, is it's obviously it's going to happen. We've all, we've all been there. We've all gone through it. I was meaning, I should have said, instead of blaming God, I should have said more of the walking away type of, of blaming God of like, Oh, well God did this. So I'm done with him. Yeah. And that sort of walking away. No, definitely allowed to, to rest with him. So I'm glad you clarified
1: yeah. that point for me yeah yeah I just think you know faithfulness is it's a it, it's probably I don't know I'm just thinking now probably one of the most difficult things that that we are called to as Christians because we're, we're we are remain to be faithful to life and I love the you know marriage is the perfect example of this because I mean you are called to your spouse um till death, through sickness, or in health, or, you know, all these things. And marriage is a painful thing. And just like that, I mean, a relationship with God is a painful thing. Not because he hurts us, but because, I mean, honestly, when we choose to be faithful to God, that just puts a target on our back for the enemy to come and attack us even more. And so he's gonna throw things our way to try to steer us off course. And so it's gonna be difficult, but um, I just think it's so important. Uh, to learn how to be faithful and it is a learning process everything about what we've talked about is a process it's a journey and it's a journey to get us to the point of eternity with God Uh, and and these are just kind of some some pointers to help you along the way I feel like
0: and the the faithful faithfulness to in a relationship the faithfulness of wrong it's just going to be in our sense my wife and I so in that relationship with God, you're making him the Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And it's an all out active pursuit. Like you aren't in the pool of sin. I mean, excuse me, we're still all going to end up in the pool, but it's a walk of obedience towards him and a faithfulness of knowing that we want to better ourselves. We want to live up to these standards of fatherly, sacrificial, and unconditional love that Jesus laid out for us. Yeah. And so this faithfulness of it's gonna be him and only him, and that our life is going to be built around him. And we everything we do leads back to loving him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what I'm gonna end on? Hmm. That's good stuff. Hey. Yeah. It's a perfect ending because I got some leftover Pizza Hut pizza to go reheat. So you know
0: I'm living my best life. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Alrighty Jeremy, I will talk to you next week.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for Absolutely. listening.
0: It's another episode of Friends Friday.